Here's to your success in property, finance and money management. You're listening to The Long Property Show with your hosts, Daniel Gold and Patrick Lynch. We're live. Welcome back to another episode of The Long Property Show. Yeah, I'm Patrick Lynch. I'm happy we, New Year. Did we stuff that up already? Yes. It's, a... <laughs> where you're going. it's been so long since we've done a podcast because Patty's been traveling the world. Well, to Ireland and back. That's about it. And and I've just been absorbed in, in loan applications. And you were also at the Gold Coast. True, true, true. So, uh, so welcome back to another episode and uh, thanks for rejoining in 2020. But today's episode is actually a recap on everything that happened last year. Yeah, it's a massive year last year, 2019. I suppose it was our first full calendar year as long property. It was. And a lot happened. It was. We settled um, over $80 million in lending, but then there was just so, so many um, uh, just big ticket items that affected both the property and finance markets, which um, I guess a lot of our clients were interested in um, and will be interested in uh, insofar as the, these same issues playing out further into 2020. So we just thought that we'd uh, do a little recap on, on the year that's gone by and, and, and hopefully that's um, a good refresher as we, we kickstart things back up in, in this new year. Yeah, and I suppose maybe we start with, obviously things seem to be a bit better now, Dan, but when we started 2019, all the talk was about how tough the lending environment was. Yeah, yeah. So no doubt um, from a regulatory standpoint, um, all of the um, you know tighter lending controls and restrictions that had been imposed by APRA were, were in full force. Um, there were no real signs of any of that abating. Um, and, and that certainly meant that particularly for a lot of our investor clients um, and those w- w- which, uh, which had a large amounts of existing lending, it was quite difficult for them to further grow their, their property strategies out and, and, and build on their portfolios. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, it was just taking longer and they were being a bit more stringent when it comes came to assessment in particular. I suppose we look at living expenses and what they were doing at the time. Yeah, living expenses, um, you, you know, uh, sensitizing income, buffering up debts um, and, and the commitments that are associated with them. So, um, and let's not forget that was like right smack bang in the middle of the, the Royal Commission. Yep, Royal Commission into banking, which was making lending the property market very uncertain, having a big effect, I think, on the broker space in general as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was no doubt during the Royal Commission that um, all of the, the big banks in particular were, were heavily under the spotlight. I think there was a lot of nervousness within the financial institutions that, you know, one wrong move could have them on the front page of the AFR kind of thing and, and in the media, uh, which is obviously something they're looking to avoid. So there was just a lot of um, cautiousness with respect to, to assessments. And that certainly made it difficult for a lot of our clients to get finance. Yeah, and with that, we're also seeing interest rates going up because the funding costs for the banks, amongst all that uncertainty, were higher. So they were passing those costs on to clients. Yep, yep. And then uh, as a result of that, I, I, I think we saw a lot of um, market share really flow away from the major banks towards the non-major banks. I think there was a stage that over a three-month period, uh, we'd lodged applications to over 16 different um, financiers. And uh, that's a lot higher than normal. Um, you know, usually between say eight or nine lenders, that that would certainly um, capture the, the bulk of our requirements. Yep, agreed. 
So, uh, so then what happened? There was a federal election mid-year. Yeah, there was the election. There was obviously a lot of talk beforehand about negative gearing, caps and everything else. And again, we look at the property market in Melbourne and Sydney in particular, which our listeners are probably most geared with. Mm-hmm. And they weren't doing overly well, let's say. Uh, you probably have different words that you could use then. Uh, but yeah, we had the election and what happened next? Yeah, I mean, um, surprise win, obviously, to the the, the coalition, um, who had a much more favourable tax policy as it relates to to property um, and and certainly house prices. So that surprised the market. And then it was really from that point forward that that we just saw a a massive shift in in sentiment. Um, You know, I think a lot of investors that that were hesitant about um, entering the market regained confidence. A lot of people that had pre-approvals and, and, and were looking to buy their first home um, probably also became a little bit more confident around, um, you know, the, the financial aspects of, of uh, what they were going into. And uh, we really just saw buyer demand pick up quite substantially. I, I think, um, you know, our level of inquiry maybe increased about 20 to 25% in maybe, um, you know, four to six weeks. We saw it very rapidly. Yeah, and I think with that improved sentiment, with property market showing initial uh, sprouts of recovery, we also saw the banks and lenders start to be a bit more positive in terms of their assessment around lending. So more demand, more credit going into the market, and we saw the property markets in the big cap cities certainly start to improve. Yeah, so there's no doubt that um, the the the, the correction in Melbourne and Sydney house prices can be traced back really to, to, to the election as being the inflection point. But then all of a sudden, it, it's almost like the stars aligned and a whole number of factors all worked in favour of propping up house prices. Um, and maybe we can just go through them quickly. So I've mentioned a couple, um, and, and that is the, the, the lending conditions easing slightly. APRA um, changed the rules. Yep, some big changes to the rules in terms of, uh, I suppose the major one was how banks would assess uh, serviceability. Yep, yep, exactly. So, um, you know, we, we, we touched on that earlier, but ultimately um, it's this um, uh, sensitivity rate that, that uh, you know, and um, floor prices uh, for, um, for mortgage debt that was kind of turned on its head. Originally, um, all mortgage debt was basically being serviced at, Around about seven point two five to seven point five percent, despite um, you know actual interest rates being substantially lower than that, nearing nearing the the low threes. Um, so basically, APRA felt that that was no longer appropriate that that kind of rule, and recommended to the banks that um, maybe a buffer of two and a half percent above the actual rate would be more appropriate. And just on some high level calculations that were very heavily documented and and, and meteorized. Um, that meant that people's borrowing capacities increased by somewhere between 10 to 15% um, just overnight. And, and that um, certainly led to a, um, a, a pickup in confidence. Yeah, and there'll be a certain of our clients who bought in the uncertain period at the start of the year who obviously came out very well as a result of that. Yeah. Uh, but the market continues to move. And I think the other big item that changed the market was the Reserve Bank and what it did starting in June. 
Yep. So so three interest rate cuts. Um, was it June, July, and then September? Um, October. October. Sorry. Yep. So uh, three interest rate cuts. Um, obviously, rates now at, at all time historical lows. Um, that the, you know the RBA didn't really move just to prop up the the property market. It was really um, you know fundamentals. Um, you know in terms of the other economic variables that they look at um, around uh, GDP, jobs and wage growth, etc. But there's no doubt that um, interest rates have a, um, a, a correlation with house prices. And as we saw rates fall, um, you know, house prices have, have continued to rebound. And I think with the interest rates, important to look at how the lenders responded to the RBA cuts. I mean, with the first cut in June, I think most lenders passed on full at 0.25%. But then after that, they were a bit more hesitant in passing on the cuts. Uh, primarily, obviously, they've got their profits and shareholders to look after. They've got people with savings uh, held on deposit that they need to make sure are getting a decent return. Uh, but it does mean that there is some arbitrage opportunities there for clients uh, in interest rates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, I guess the other the other key factors in my mind, um, one is just around like the, the general um, you know sentiment that we'd read about in the newspapers. So, you know, all, all of the newspaper reports that, that really do have an impact on the market in terms of driving sentiment and confidence were um, doom and gloom prior to the election. But then, you know, from mid-year onwards, it, it all started um, just changing course and talking about, you know, pickup in prices and, and some, you know, pretty good, um, you know, auction results and certainly clearance rates indicating signs of recovery. So as people start to read that, um, you know, it, it, it obviously motivates people to, um, to take action and, and, um, and, and we, we, we saw that. And then I suppose lastly, um, let's just talk about clearance rates because I think that's been a, a pretty big factor um, and just the, the level of stock that's available currently on market. Yeah. Um, stock is in short supply, no doubt about it. It's in short supply, but I think if we look at this time last year, there's certainly more stock in the market as people feel a bit more confident and looking to perhaps upgrade their properties. We're seeing clearance rates also being higher. So there's a lot more property selling at the moment. And with that higher supply and demand, that's obviously helping the property market also. Yeah. And it's a good point. I mean, we've written extensively about most of the, the, the points that we've just discussed in this little review. So, um, encourage a lot of our listeners to kind of go back and, and read some of those more in-depth um, articles to, to get more detailed information. But just on, on that one, as it relates to, to the property market, there's some really good property experts that, that we're in close dialogue with. Many of our clients would already know and be connected with. would highly recommend you either reaching out to us to get connected to them or just reaching out to them directly to get some more stats on this. Um, just in terms of the, the level of stock availability, I mean, there's no doubt that it is still low, but improving. I guess, uh, you know, one of the, the big questions for 2020 is going to be, can uh, this market improvement be sustained as more stock does start uh, coming onto the market? Vendors are obviously more open to the idea of selling now, given that there's some good price points that are being achieved. But um, as that additional stock comes onto the market, can clearance rates of 70% plus in Melbourne and Sydney still be uh, be realised? Yeah, agreed. And I think, as you say, Dan, we're happy to connect uh, listeners with the property experts that we deal with who have all of that information to hand. Cool. So it's 
been just over 10 minutes there. We'll, we'll wrap it up in a sec. Please reach out for um, any more detailed um, information that you might require. But just lastly, Patty, you forgot about the awards. Yeah, we did quite well. Do you want to start, Dan, by your nomination? <laughs> no, no, we... Um, we, we're, we're very pleased that um, in our first year of business, we were recognised as being amongst the, the top 100 mortgage brokers in Australia, um, which was amazing. And then, um, Patrick, you've been nominated as a finalist in, in two awards for top loan administrator. Yeah, so fingers crossed, but obviously that's not why we're here. We're not here for the awards, the recognition. We're here to help people achieve their financial goals. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Catch you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Long Property Show. If you have any questions for Dan or Patty, you can email hi at longproperty.com.au and they'll respond within 24 hours. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and also leave us a review. This way we can continue bringing you the best weekly content possible. See you again next week. Bye for now.